When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hey everyone, this is Adam Sank. It's 11 o'clock Eastern on Saturday, July 20th, and I'm here with JB and Chris Harder, who's filling in for Ryan. And I'm sorry to say that we're starting the show with some very sad news, which is that someone very important to our show died this past week. His name was Charles J. Barrett Jr., but you guys know him as Charles from Cornhole, the most frequent and most regular caller to the ass. Charles was 55. Um, I haven't seen any cause of death given, and I cannot find an obituary online, which is weird. Because, like, I heard the news on Wednesday, so he's passed for several days now. Right. You'd think there'd be an obit, but I do know that he had an artificial heart valve. Um, I wasn't aware that he'd been struggling with any particular health challenges recently. His most recent Facebook post was from July 7th. It has been a while since we've heard from him, but I just assumed it was because he was not a DNRstudios.com subscriber, so he couldn't call him live anymore. Um, I do remember him telling me at one point, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, that he had Marfan syndrome, which is a genetic disorder of the connective tissue. Um, people with Marfan tend to be very tall and thin, mm. and Charles was six foot six and weighed only 165 pounds. Oh my God. Yeah, according to his Facebook profile. I'm 5'11 and 175. <laughs> I could lose a few pounds, but still. like, So he was very, very, very tall and thin. And apparently the most serious health complications for people with Marfan involve the heart and the aorta. There's an increased risk of mitral valve prolapse and aortic aneurysm. Again, I don't know if any of this had anything to do with his death, but right. I'm, I'm going to assume... When you have a pre-existing condition and you have an artificial heart valve um, and you die there, suddenly. I mean, you could connect the dots. Yeah. So I did my best to kind of learn what I could about him because really I didn't know Charles except for Facebook. We, we became Facebook friends in 2011. He found me, friended me, and just became sort of this benevolent stalker in right. my life. And then when the show started, he started calling. But I learned that he was originally from Ojai, California. He was a very smart man. He attended Caltech and graduated with a Bachelor of Science and Electrical Engineering. Um, this was a surprise to me. He's apparently been in a relationship since 1989 with a guy oh, named Randy. Have you have you tried to find Randy or reach out to him? He's on Facebook, but we're not friends, and he, he uh, hasn't updated his page in years. Uh, um, you know, I never remember Charles saying, I, uh, saying we 
He was always I. Yeah, it just seemed like he was a, a, a single loner. guy, right? Yeah. Single man. Apparently, and life. there are pictures of them together, like recently on Charles's page. Hmm. Um, the way he were flirt. Well, he was a major perv, JB. Let's be honest. <laughs> he was often DMing me about sexual topics that he thought I might be interested in. Oh, really? Um, yeah. A few times wow. over the years, I had to tell him to tone it down on my page because, like, you know, my parents and my nieces oh, and right, nephews yeah. see my page. But one thing he told me was that he has written over th- over 300 reviews of hardcore gay porn on something called DVDEmpire.com. Really? Have yeah. you found any of his reviews? I have not. But, you know, oh, every time... That would be amazing. I'm sure he was a huge fan of yours, Chris. Anytime we had anything having to do with porn on this show, he, he was right there. Really? Like, yeah. He had little known facts about every porn star. And oh, my God. That's... He went crazy when we had Michael Lucas on. That was like his favorite show. Um, he had lived in L.A. for some time. He loved any kind of Hollywood gossip, especially if it involves someone being closeted. He told us once on the air that Ryan Seacrest got his start in show business on his knees in front of Merv Griffin. I have no idea if that's true. This is right. just speculation. One can only hope. But, I, but I'll tell you what I found out in my research. Seacrest... <laughs> did give an interview to the New York Times in 2015 in which he had said he had met with Merv early in his career and that Merv was a role model, role model for him. A father figure? Maybe. <laughs> and Merv Griffin was gay. Everyone knows that. A stepfather figure? <laughs> in any case, um, I, my memory was that Charles was with us from, number, from episode one, right? Like I thought he, he was there for our debut. His actual first appearance on The Ass was episode four. And this was when ADD Jeff was my co-host. Take a listen. To be here, and we actually have a caller. Who's on the phone, Jeffy? Charles. Where's Charles from? It doesn't say. Hey there. Charles from somewhere. You say what? I'm in northern Arizona. I'm in the wonderful bustling community of Cornville, Arizona. Cornville? I don't recall eating Cornville today. What? Yeah, well, it, it, uh, rumor has it it was a typographical error. The gentleman who was filing for cityhood was named Cohn, C-O-H-N. A Jew. And, yeah, probably. And by the time the paperwork came back from Washington, D.C. to set up a post office and all that, the uh, uh, it had become Cornville. And he just sort of said, oh, screw it, and just went with that, rather than try to resubmit all the paperwork. That's a great story. I'm such a fucking asshole. <laughs> but, you know, he had such an exuberance about him. Right, yeah, like a, a genuine earnestness to him. And and he was never insulted by anything I said. He never corrected me when I said cornhole, or when I would say something cunty, like, that's a great story. Yeah, he, maybe. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> the, fr- the next time he called was episode eight, um, and this was the first time I changed Cornville to Cornhole. And again, he had no reaction. Here's, uh, here's Charles from episode eight. Of Dude, what's going on with you in, uh, in Cornhole, Arizona? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hot as blazes, but we get a monsoon rainstorm in the afternoon. And then usually my, lo- my, my lights and my power go out anywhere mm. from 30 minutes to five hours. But that's life in rural Arizona. Nice. But no, that was actually the main reason I wanted to call in was to let you know I am still listening. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and I sometimes I feel like you're week. the only one, but it's wonderful to have you. Would have called in last week. Uh, oh, and I did, by the way, get your uh, CD. Yes, from, give us your uh, review of my comedy album, Adam Sank Live from the Stonewall Inn. It's one. It's wonderful, actually. It's wonderful, and now I've got it. I've got it uh, on my. Uh, 
smartphone, too, Excellent. so I can listen to you anytime and show you off to my friends, too. Thank you, Charles. So. Your sweetheart. Keep listening. Uh, we'll have Keith Price in just a little bit. Right. I'll tell Glenn you said hi. I Please do. Tell my future husband, Glenn Scarpelli, that I, uh, I sent yeah. him my love. <laughs> or at least your side piece. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Bye, okay. Charles. Wow. All right. Thanks, Adam. Bye. So sad to hear him so say bye. Sweet. Right? Yeah. Well, you heard Charles mention Glenn Scarpelli in that call. Charles adored Glenn, as we all do, of course, and the two of them knew each other. Glenn lives in Sedona, and Charles was part of Sedona Pride. So joining us now live on the phone with more on the death of Charles from Cornhole is former child star and my future husband, Glenn Scarpelli, from TV's One Day at a Time. Glenn, how are you? Hey, Adam. Oh, my God. Listening to those call-ins was just so beautiful. It's really sad, right? Yeah, no, I was blown away. You were the first person I actually texted when I heard because one of the things that brought Charles and I together was you. When he realized that you and I were friends, He all he did was want to talk dirty about you to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How did you two actually meet? Well, you know, it's a very small community. Cornhole, or I'm Mr. Cornville. <laughs> is, is right, yeah, I got me doing it. Um, it's just literally right outside of Sedona. There's some areas just right outside of Sedona, and we all make up what we call the Verde Valley, which is the Green Valley uh -huh. here up in northern Arizona. So Charles was really one of those people that was a uniter. You know, the one thing that everybody remembers about Charles, if you knew Charles in the area, is that he would walk around and he carried this little spiral notepad. And whoever he met, no matter where you were, what kind of event you were at, however those circumstances were, he would ask you for your name, your number, your email, and he would jot that down in that notepad. And it was like a who's who of the gay Verde Valley in that notepad. And he connected everyone. Hmm. So he really played a role. There was, you know, we don't really have gay bars in the area, but there's this, this wonderful bar in the village of Oak Creek called PJ's that he made sure every Tuesday night he got a gang of gay people together for uh, an evening at PJ's. So, you know, he was one of those people. And um, everyone that knows him remembers that notepad. It was like his, uh, it was his thing. It's so old school, but so sweet in a way. Like Facebook before Facebook. Facebook before Facebook. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. And did he love you and Ryan and Scott? Oh, yeah. On anyone, on. Who, anyone he ever heard on the show became his <laughs> Facebook friend within 24 hours. Like he, If you go through right. our mutual <laughs> friends, it's like all my friends in New York that have been on this show. And guests. <laughs> Glenn, what was his and involvement guests? with Sedona Pride? Well, he was very involved in all of our LGBTQ, um, you know, alliances. Um, but he did come from Ojai, and I believe he was one of the founders of Frontiers Day in Ojai. But he's always had this vibe of, you know, putting on events, bringing people together. That's been his thing. Um, he was involved in Pride. Um, but like I said, he was kind of, he, 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 he definitely beat to his own drum, if you will. So he was really more of a connector, whether it was an event per se or just a chance to get everybody together. That was his favorite thing. You know, he was in here in the Valley um, primarily to take care of his father. So he is his dad's caretaker, was his dad's <sighs> caretaker. 
And now the and dad, the dad, dad is, is left without him. Yes, he passed away actually before his dad. So I too don't know the final, um, you know, cause of death. I'm, a whole bunch of friends are getting together today at my friend Mark and Greg Lucky's house. Mark is how I found out about this. Mark got a phone call actually from someone that works at the funeral parlor and said, "Oh my gosh, Charles, Charles arrived here." We have Charles here, and that's how we all found out about it. So there hasn't been a, an actual announcement yet. There hasn't been an obituary. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out a lot more today because they're having a, uh, a potluck party at their house. And do you know his partner, Randy? Yeah, I know Randy. I definitely know Randy. You know, Charles was very independent. You know, he was a purveyor of porn, like you were talking about. He is like yes. the, He knew everything about everything when it came to porn. But he was very, like... Um, independent you know he, he he lived his life he didn't say we a lot you're absolutely right um but of course of course i've met randy um and and if you look on his facebook page there are so many pictures of the group that he has pulled together you know that's at that so bar wonderful. that you mentioned and at the bar yes um and there were a few other places throughout the years one time it was red's restaurant every thursday night but most recently over the past several years it was PJ's Pub in the village of Oak Creek every Tuesday night. Well, please, and, you know, the, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was I was just going to say it was so special because you know, in a community like ours, which isn't necessarily a gay community, it was so special for for us to have an opportunity to actually find each other. Yeah. And and you know, Charles will be remembered as someone that you know definitely was that for our community. Yeah, and just f- from what I have, know about him, just a very gentle soul, just a, a lovely, oh. gentle person who just, you know, I don't think he had a, a, an unkind bone in his body. Definitely not an unkind bone. I mean, he was just so kind and wonderful and always greeted everyone with a smile and an open heart. And, you know, it was funny because I knew I was going to do the show this morning with you, which, by the way, it's a lot earlier here, so... I'm still on my first cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. Thank but you for doing I, it, by the way. You are very welcome, my friend, on my day off. I, I made sure I set my alarm. Um, but we, I, I looked at some the last Facebook messenger um, messages that he sent me, and the last one was around May, I believe. And it was always about Mackenzie doing something, or he saw mostly Norman. He was such a big fan of Norman Lear, and he knew how much I loved Norman. And he would say, I just saw Norman on this show, or watch this today, because Norman's going to be on. And like he was always so on the front lines of show business. Like He really, really loved it. Yeah. He loved everything about it. And he was just so excited that you and I were friends. I mean, he really loved you, Adam. He really, really did. That's why when I found out that he passed away, and I was just talking about him literally that afternoon, the, 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 the day actually that he probably passed. I'm not sure exactly when he passed. The day, I call, the, the day I texted you, which was Wednesday, was the day we heard about it. But he might have been gone prior to that. Well, so, um, my condolences. You, know, I, you, were my, you were my first go-to. You were Thank my you. first go-to. I'm like, oh my gosh, Adam needs to know this. He would want Adam to know no, this. No, I'm so grateful that you did, and I'm so grateful that you talked to us and shed more light on him this morning. My, you know, I'm sad, but my, my deepest condolences go to his dad and his partner and all the people that really knew him in, in everyday life because 
Um, I knew him from Facebook and from the show, and I loved him, but um, I'm sure those people are really grieving right now, and I hope that, um, you know, I don't know if they'll ever hear any of this, but I hope that, that my tribute and any other tributes that people make in person will give them some comfort. And I'm sure they're going to love the fact that you're coming to this uh, potluck. So please give everyone my love and, and condolences, will you? I will definitely shed your love all around to all his friends and everyone that loved him. And I just think it's so, he'll, I know he's smiling right now so wide that you're doing this on, his, on your show. It means the world to him and to everyone that loved him, Adam. So you're so, so wonderful. Thank you so much. All right, baby. Yes. Well, I love you. Thank you for calling in. And next time, it'll be under happier circumstances for sure. Yes, indeed. And I love you so much. You know that, man. All right, Glenn. I, I, I love that. I, I love that. Just quickly, I love that um, that Charles called you my side piece. Yes. Only in our fa- <laughs> only in our fantasies, though. Jerry has nothing to worry about. It's all make-believe. Exactly. Uh, it's all make-believe, and I love every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right, Glenn, be well. Talk to us again soon. Bye, Adam. Bye, honey. Oh, it was so mm. great for, for him to call in yeah. and to talk to him. So what we're going to do now, Chris, mm-hmm. now that we've thoroughly bummed out ourselves and the audience, <laughs> is we're going to restart this show. Okay. We're going to try to pull ourselves up. We actually have a, a very funny person coming in. So, um, so here we go. Hit it, JB. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. So. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Yes, it's me. We're restarting this bitch. Uh, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are live if you're listening in the 11 a.m. hour on Saturday, June 29th. What? That's not right. Saturday, July 20th, 2019. What? We've turned back time. I forgot to change the date on my script. Is it Pride again? It's, it's, it, we're reliving Pride, Chris. <laughs> Saturday, July 20th, 2019, if you're listening at dnrstudios.com, the only way to listen live to this podcast. If you are listening, call in and talk to us at 844 825 Five three six seven. Leave the ass your ratings and reviews on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Email me, me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Download my, my comedy album, Adam Sank's Last Comedy Album. And finally, Chris, it is time once again for the annual podcast awards. Yes, I saw that. The nominations are open through the end of July. If you're hearing this before August 1st, go to podcast awards. 
podcastsingular.com. That's podcastsingular, awards plural.com. And nominate the ass for awards in two categories, the LGBTQ category and the People's Choice category. Listen, this is important. The shows are listed alphabetically. So you would think Adam Sank show would be near the top, mm-hmm. but you have to scroll down to T oh, for, for the, the Adam oh, Sank I show, which is bullshit. So next year I will know not to uh, submit that way. Our guest today is an absolutely bonkers comedian who I've known since I started comedy. Her name is Shecky Beagleman. With a name like that. You can't even, I can't describe her to you. Her voice will make you laugh, just the sound of her voice. But of course, the, the voice that makes me uh, wet is that of Chris Harder oh, sitting well, across from you. me. Hi, everyone. Chris is filling in for Ryan Frostig, and I'm always happy to see you. I'm, it's great to be back. You look particularly handsome today. What's yeah. different about you? I don't know. I have, I have had about three hours of sleep. I just, oh, oh, oh there's you. the studio oh. audience waking up. Thank you, They're still bummed audience. out about our Charles from Cornhole tribute. Yeah, well, I just I you know knocked the dicks out of my mouth and shook the glitter out of my hair, and mm. here I am. Where were you last night? Oh, you I, were hosting was, a show. I was, yeah, I was working. I was doing one of my burlesque shows in the Lower East Side, or the classiest place on earth, but at the Slipper Room. So, nice. Yeah, it was fun. It went well. It did go well. There's a big. There's a big group of like uh, out of town queers in the audience, which is always fun. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a mixed venue. So the O O T Q. The O O T Q. Yes. Some. I feel like your arms look particularly big today. Did you get new tattoos? Have you been working out? What's happening? I have been working out more. Well, you know, I am. Um, I I got out of the relationship a few months ago, and I've really been hitting the gym. I kind of, I mean, trying to get that makeup, that uh, rebound dick. Yeah, that exactly. I've been on the rebound dick for. I mean, now it's no longer a rebound. Now it's, just, now it's just what's that? It's a revenge body. That it's they a, call yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Just when you break up with someone and you get really falling and you work out, so that's what you're doing. You get a revenge body. I'm working. I see you, girl. I'm, I'm my best revenge body. All right, like well, super villain. Uh, it's working. You look hot. Thank you, you guys. Adam. Chris is out there looking for rebound dick. Now is the time to strike. <laughs> um, we are going to do a few quick stories. Then we have another phone interview. Then we have Shecky. So we, we're going to try Shecky. to do everything we can in 15 minutes. Okay. Um, and then Shecky will be here for the remainder. So first, we have great news to cheer us up from the uh, the passing of Charles, which is that uh, there are many, many queer Emmy nominations mm-hmm. just announced. Um, the biggest story is that Pose has six nominations. This is amazing. And Billy Porter, one of the stars of Pose, the, it is believed to be, he is believed to be, the first out gay black man to be nominated for a Best Actor Emmy in any category. Yeah, that's So incredible. that's historic. Um, some... Yes, queen! Oh, my Whoa. God. That was so loud. <laughs> some fans expressed disappointment that uh, MJ Rodriguez and India Moore, who are also on post, did not receive nods for their performances. Rodriguez would have made history as the first trans woman to be nominated in a lead actress category mm. of a regular series. But um, are you watching Pose? I am. You know, I, I binge watched and ugly cried my way through the first season on Netflix. I loved it. I don't have, I just got a TV. I haven't had a TV in 10 years and I don't know how to plug it in. And so I have not watched, I haven't started what? watching the second season. Yeah, I just, it's never just been a thing, but my friends wanted to get rid of the TV and now it's just sitting there. Like a big empty box. Well, girl, you in need my a room. big burly uh, tech guy to come I know, over right? and come plug you in. Hook up my Wi-Fi or whatever flashbot. Are, are you watching? <laughs> are you watching the show, Jamie? Um, I'm waiting for it to build up because I'm a binge watcher. I like to mm. for everything to stack up and then binge through it. Kind of like holding your load. Yeah, yeah, girl. Mm. <laughs> wow. So this is um, oh! this is going to piss off a lot of listeners, but I. Ryan and I tried very hard to watch Pose the first oh, season. Oh, okay. 
we got through about three episodes and I was like, I just am not enjoying this. Mm-hmm. I love that it exists. Yeah. I love that it's doing so great. You know, wonderful platform telling stories that need to be told, employing actors who need to be employed, the whole thing. I just didn't like it and it kind of freaked me out that everyone else loved it and I didn't. Yeah. I have since talked to people who say it gets so much better. You have to stick with it. So what I'm tr- what I'm planning to do is to watch season two in its entirety and mm-hmm. just if I don't know what's going on, I'll figure it out. Yeah, because I really don't want to miss out on this like cultural milestone that is mm-hmm. so critically acclaimed. I I just there are certain shows people love that I don't like. Mrs. Maisel is another one. Oh yeah, which was nominated. I hate Mrs. Maisel. Oh really? I you tried do. that. I gave that one four episodes. So okay, yeah. I'm more curious. Like what? What is it about Pose that made you disconnect? Because like I, I went to a screening of it, and watching gay stuff like that isn't my forte. Right. But mm. I enjoyed Pose. But I enjoyed it for the fact that, I guess, I, here's my personal to enjoy it, the fact that she built her family. And building this, b- building something to leave something behind. I, I had ambitions to build something and leave something behind. So that's why I connect with the show. That's why I enjoy it. That's beautiful, JB. Why, why don't you? Again, I love everything they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I it's love just... that it's there for people like you who who get that out of it. With me, when I'm watching anything, television, movie, play, I need to be taken out of my reality. I need sure. to lose myself. Mm-hmm. And it, I, if I'm so aware that I'm watching something that's made up, that's not real, then I can't enjoy it. And I don't know if it was the writing on the first few episodes. I don't know if it was the acting on the first few episodes or even the directing. Sure. But I was so conscious that I was watching something artificial. It didn't feel real to me. Yeah, you know, I will say I love the show. I love that it is like out there, and um, and obviously, like it, I can appreciate it. But it speaks to so many other people that need to have representation. Um, I do think with the writing, and I'll make this really quick. There is there are moments where it feels like. Um, a little bit like the writing is like an after school story. It's like, let me tell you about AZT. AZT and like, you know, the way that they try and fit the the right. details, it's it's so dense that like you kind of lose the momentum of the scene. Right. That's just from a script analysis point of view. But I, I mean, agree with you though. <laughs> and the other thing is Paris's Burning was such an important, like seminal documentary for me. I watched it. Uh, in the movie theaters shortly after I had come out. Mm-hmm. And it's what taught me about drag culture. It's what taught me about what it means to be black and gay, particularly in New York City. It taught me about trans women. I learned so much from Paris is Burning, and it's such a fabulous documentary. And I thought Pose would be like Paris is Burning, but fictionalized. And instead, I saw this very glamorous clean, scrubbed New York City in the in the 80s that never existed. Um, and everything just seemed so so slick to me. The mm. grittiness and the the hardness of life for the people in Paris is burning. It it just didn't come through to me. It just felt like this was almost like a Disney version of of black trans and black drag culture in the eighties in New York. But again, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna give it another shot. I'm thrilled that it's doing so well. Congratulations to, for the nominations. Schitt's Creek also got nominations. And, of course, um, Dan Levy, the gay kid who's mm-hmm. uh, the son of Schitt's Eugene Creek. Levy. Levy, excuse me. Um, Kate McKinnon was nominated. Jane Lynch was nominated. RuPaul's Drag Race received yet another nomination for Best Reality Program. Ben Wishaw, he's an openly gay actor, um, got an Emmy nomination for A Very English Scandal. And once again, out trans actress Laverne Cox. Grabbed a nomination for Best Guest Actress for Orange is the New Black. 
Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, Cherry Jones. Yeah. There's just so many queer people and queer content. Mm-hmm. I personally love Jane Lynch. I love, I her love too. Jane Lynch. I also love Cherry Jones too. Yeah, they're both amazing. Okay, I'm going to do one more story and then we're going to um, skip to our phoner, JB. So this is a story. Um, you can you can go ahead and get her on the phone because I'm going to. It's going to take a little while to explain this. This is a story we talked about. I want to say like two years ago on the show, and it was it was infuriating and really upsetting. Mm-hmm. It was about a um, a gay, openly gay, black college student named Michael Johnson, right. who was known on on hookup apps as Tiger Mandingo. Michael Johnson was a, a, a college wrestler in Missouri at Lindenwood University, and in 2013, he was convicted of infecting partners with HIV and not disclosing his HIV status. And then a jury sentenced him to prison for 30 years. Now, Missouri has, first of all, I was shocked to learn that like 26 states still have laws criminalizing the transmission of HIV. Yeah. Which in 2019 is bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. There are no laws against other diseases. This is the only one. Yeah. And they're so archaic. They came from from the, the panic of the 80s where everyone looked at HIV positive people as villains who were like intentionally trying to spread this disease and kill people. It does not kill people. It is not a death sentence. Nope. The, the, the number of cases where people intentionally tried to infect someone is like a, a fraction of a percentage. And the jury, which was either mostly white or all white and totally homophobic, mm-hmm. were basically sentencing this guy to, for, to 30 years in prison for being gay and black. Yeah. Let's absolutely. be honest. Well, he has just been set free after five years. His sentence was not overturned. It was a kind of a plea bargain thing. Um, but, <clears throat> excuse me, he's been released 25 years early. Can you imagine a 30-year sentence? That's more than actual murderers saw. That's more than rapists get. It's more than, I mean... Absolutely. Yeah. The American Medical Association... Um, has condemned laws criminalizing HIV. Um, an appeals court ruled that his original trial was fundamentally unfair, tainted with racism and homophobia, and that the prosecuting attorney was hell-bent on getting a harsher sentence than many murders, as we just said. He's now been released, um, and he gave an interview to the local station in Missouri. This is the first time we've ever heard this man's voice. Did he never speak at his trial? Uh, I, don't, I don't think there were cameras in the courtroom. Uh. So here is Michael Johnson. And also, um, I feel like something like that, where he is being gay and black, in a homophobic, racist part, you're not mm-hmm. going to really have much on your side. Sure. Absolutely. The law is totally against you, and people want you to pay for mm-hmm. no reason. And Missouri has one of the harshest laws in the country um, with regard to HIV uh, infection. Here's Michael Johnson after his release from prison. Oh, the, what the media initially wanted to put out was that it was a scary, big, black, gay man wrestler that was out to cause harm. Not ever. Yeah. I mean, that's all That's all it was. Right. So thank God he was released, but he still spent five years in prison. Of his life. Which yeah. is bullshit. Uh-huh. He, he also denies that he didn't disclose. He denies that he intentionally infected anyone. Well, it's like, how can you prove, how can you prove the intent to maliciously... 
infect someone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, they're absolutely bogus charges. And, and also, he had a scholarship. I doubt he would want to risk anything to jeopardize his scholarship. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, so, it, the law is set up in Missouri such that if you go to police and say, that guy didn't tell me he was paused and he infected me, that's enough to convict. Like, there's, it literally is just like yeah, a... Yeah, it's so fucked up. So thank God he's out. The laws, every single state needs to overturn that fucking law mm-hmm. or the Supreme Court needs to overturn it. Um, we don't criminalize disease mm-hmm. in this country. But, you know, that's also why shows like Pose are so important because they are yes. highlighting in a very positive way people who are of color and who some are infected or not infected, but who are HIV positive, but living their lives. It's not a death sentence. It's not... You know, it's not anything to be ashamed of or to be hated for. Um, and the more that we can have characters and storylines like that. And by the way, it, it, these laws make it harder for people to disclose. If, if I'm mm. HIV positive, I'm not telling anyone right. because I'm terrified that they're going to go to the cops. Right. Anyway, we got to move on. Um, here's a, a, another story that caught my eye. A week ago today, the town of Columbia Heights, Minnesota, held its first ever Pride celebration. This is a town of about 20,000 residents just outside Minneapolis. And normally we would not expect a small town pride celebration to make national news. But this one did because the town's mayor, Donna Schmidt, refused to sign a proclamation recognizing the pride celebration. Mayor Schmidt claimed the organizers hadn't followed proper procedure in seeking a proclamation. The organizers cried homophobia. And joining us now on the phone, all the way from Columbia Heights, Minnesota, is one of those pride organizers, Lindsay Shell Edwards. Yay. Lindsay, welcome to the ass. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I am just fine. I'm still riding high from last week, actually. <laughs> yes, I, the first thing I need to know is how did the very first Columbia Heights Pride go down? Uh, better than I could have ever imagined. Um, it's, everyone was so happy. So many people showed up. Um, the day of, we kind of expected more maybe protesters to show up, um, and there was, you know, like the normal one guy with the Ten Commandments sign, but besides that, everyone was really happy, and there was a lot of love, and I was just so proud of everything that happened. I'm so glad it went well. Did Mayor Schmidt show up for the celebration? <laughs> no. She, uh, she claims she was out of town. Oh, sorry. My dog is barking at our guest in the background. <laughs> so she was out of town. Uh, do you feel like this whole controversy actually helped the Pride celebration in the long run because it brought so much attention to it? Oh, 100%. Like, we would have been happy if anyone showed up. And, uh, you know, two weeks ago before this all started, our event page on Facebook had, like, you know, I think maybe 300 response saying they were interested. And five days later, we were up to, like, 1,200. Fantastic. Now, the, yeah, it was crazy. The mayor claimed that she wouldn't issue the proclamation not because she's homophobic, but because you guys didn't follow proper guidelines. Is she telling the truth about <laughs> yeah. that? Uh, you know, I can't say I know her personally very well. I've you know encountered her with the community service I do. Um, I mean, it, it is very obviously she's uncomfortable with gay people, and that's why she's not doing it. But I mean, wh- what guidelines did you not follow allegedly? Well, there were no guidelines when we first submitted the request. Um, me and uh, my partner, Amata, we sent an email, you know, I'd say probably a month, a month and a half beforehand, and there was definitely nothing on the website saying there was any sort of policy and procedure, um, and nobody responded to us for a month. And we sent a follow-up one, I think by the third one, finally Donna 
contacted uh, Amada and asked her to come visit with her. So they had a meeting, and Donna presented this sheet of rules and policies for a proclamation, which nobody had ever seen before and very obviously was just made. Um, and then that, that same day, it showed up on the website. So she did it oh, retroactively, wow. essentially, to in order to refuse the proclamation. Right. And, you know, she and her biggest defense of not giving us the proclamation was we didn't follow the policies and procedures, which did not exist until the day she gave them to us, like well before or well after we asked for it. And we should be clear, a a proclamation, you don't need a proclamation to have Pride Day. It's simply an acknowledgement. It's a recognition uh, from an official, from the official, that that this is happening and that that the town supports it. So it wasn't keeping you from having pride, but it was just kind of mean-spirited, right? Right. Well, I mean, a proclamation, it's a very common thing for events like this, especially like the first kind of event in the city. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of cities, their mayors support and issue these proclamations. Um, it, I don't think it's the first time Amada's probably asked for one. And, but it's definitely the first time I've ever heard of one getting rejected like this. Um, you know, she listed other things she had rejected, like something like a proclamation to say, like, stillborn or abortion babies, like, are special. I don't even know. But she gave, like, a, a few other weird ones. And, like, she put us in with this category of these really outlandish requests. Right. And it's not outlandish. It is a historical event. Of course. Mm-hmm. When is the next mayoral race, and will you be fighting to defeat Mayor Schmidt? <laughs> well, it is uh, next November. Um, honestly, I'll be very surprised if she runs. She's kind of, she's she's really, like, stepped down, and she's not very active. She doesn't really do much for the community. Um, so I think she just kind of wanted the title. Uh, if she runs, I'd be very surprised. Well, good riddance to her. Now, I heard that next sure. year for Columbia Heights Pride, you're going to have a drag queen dressed as Mayor Schmidt. Is that true? Um, you know, that's a great idea. I yes. can't say that we talked about it. You can <laughs> uh, actually have someone. You can steal that from me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Lindsay Shell Edwards, thank you so much. And thank you for doing this. I think it's great when people in small towns uh, create these, these mm-hmm. celebrations and spread equality all over the country, not just in the big cities. So thank you. And thanks to Amada for all of your hard work. And congratulations. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for talking to us. All right. Bye. That's Such amazing. A, it's a great story. You know, right? I'm from North Dakota, like right next door. And oh, we, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And we had... Uh, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I know. When she started talking, I was like, <laughs> oh, I know that. I know that Minnesota nice. Um, yeah, it's so amazing when you can have like people coming together, you know, just like just like Charles uh, and cornhole you know like there, there aren't official spaces to meet so you really have to you create your own. create your own space and yeah. that takes a lot of guts to well, do I g- that i give it up to those women uh and everybody else in columbia heights and congratulations speaking of pride hit it ann Steele. there are actually no u.s pride celebrations this week chris what are we gonna do there's a drought of pride I- this week of uh just have to fuck like it's pride anyway well I always do. <laughs> However, in Germany, in Berlin, today and tomorrow, it's Liebes Schwul Stadtfest, which is some kind of gay thing. Um, then July 26th through August 4th, it's Belfast Gay Pride in Northern Ireland, not regular Ireland. 
Northern yeah. Ireland. It's a whole different country, I just found out. Is it really? Yeah, of course. Oh, you know knew that. that. I didn't know that. Come on. <laughs> They've been fighting weak. for their independence <laughs> for hundreds of years. July 27th is Christopher Street Day, also in Berlin. I don't know how that's different from Liebisch Schwul Stadtfest, mm. but it's one of the biggest LGBTI gatherings in Europe. I gotta flip my page. Dance to Ann Steele in the meantime. June 20. July 27th through August 1st. All right, I'm losing my mind. July 27th through August 1st is Pride Amsterdam, which you know is a party. Oh, yeah. August 2nd. I feel like that's every Saturday night. Fuck yeah. yeah. August 2nd through 4th is Brighton and Hove Pride. That's in the UK. August 4th is Leeds Pride, also in the UK. And finally, August 4th, our friends in Canada, Schmeffen and Schween, if you're listening. We love Canadians. It's Vancouver Gay Pride. I don't think they're from Vancouver or anywhere near there, but happy Pride to Vancouver and everywhere else. And finally, thank you for your patience. It is uh, time for our in-studio guest, and she's making her debut on The Ass. She's a veteran of New York's comedy scene. You may not immediately know her name, but if you're a Howard Stern fan, you'll know her voice. She frequently appears on The Stern Show in various forms, including as Ronnie's mother, Mrs. Mund. Here's a taste of the bizarre comedy stylings of Shecky Beagleman. In this bit, she's reading an advice column from Glamour magazine. Hit it. Here's a question for Nancy. Nancy. My boyfriend's penis is very small. Is it possible to still have fun in bed? Answer? No. to ever have fun in bed, so just forget it. Try taking up other hobbies with him, like playing Scrabble or going antiquing. What? I don't agree with that at all. Have you ever played Scrabble with a man with a small penis? They cheat. You can't trust them. And please welcome to the ass, Shecky Beagleman. Why, thank you. Shexter. I haven't seen you in person since I did your podcast a couple years back, right? There's a beautiful puppy. Oh, Lady is uh, in your lap. She knows you're a dog lover. I love Lady. You're a cat person, though, right? I am. I love love all wildlife. Yeah. Uh, All Mm -hmm. animals. uh, I'm, you know, I, I like it. You identify with that. I do, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Shecky, do you remember how you and I met? Because I cannot. I feel like I've always known you. Well, I believe I gave birth to you. That's what it was. You came out of my birth canal about 43 years ago. That would be 48 years ago. You're very kind. Well, you know, a lot of things came out uh, over those years. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's how we met. I think it may have been at one of Ron Poole's shows at Don't Tell Mama. You were part of that crowd, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely where we met. No. Let's get this out in the open. Your Shecky Beagleman is only one of your names, right? You're also Angela Muto Muto. Yeah. Oh. oh. So, okay. And your That's website is actually Angela Muto. How do you, how do I say it? Muto. Yeah, that's amazing. That's right. So your website's AngelaMuto.com. <laughs> yes. But whenever I've performed with you, it says Shecky Beagleman. So explain the dual identities. Oh, well, this, Ooh. you know, can I make a public service announcement Please. right before we get it? Um, my twat smells horrible. Oh. It just smells so bad. It, it smells like somebody committed suicide in a garage. Just in today or in general? No, it's always, like, a, it's musty. 
You know, really? it smells like somebody killed mustard. themselves in a garage in 1972 when they just found the body. But you just got engaged, right? Yeah. So the, your your fiancé must be okay with it. Well, we've never had sex. <laughs> is that so what it is? arranged marriage? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's better that way. So like, you're, there's a lot of crying. And... I, thank you for letting us know about the twat. But yeah. you're, you're avoiding the question. <laughs> Where do the two names come from? Well, I guess... Well, uh, <laughs> well, the two names come from, um, uh, I was, uh, some, uh, I guess, w- w- Angela Muto's my God-given, mother-given name, mm-hmm. and Shecky Beagleman is some shit I came up with. Where did, where did, did Shecky come from Shecky Green? Yeah, definitely. Where yeah. did Beagleman come from? Well, you know, Judy Garland's uh, first manager was named David Beagleman. Ah. And I, when I heard that, I went, that's <laughs> the best name I've ever heard. Beagleman, come on. Because it sounds like a dog? It sounds like a dog and it's adorable. So I really liked yeah. it. So professionally, do you, I mean, are you ever introduced on stage as Angela? Uh, No. No. Then why is I your try- website AngelaMuto.com? It's so confusing to I me. know. It is confusing. It's ridiculous. Nobody cares because nobody goes to my... You might be the first person who's ever gone to my website. I'm going to so start going. You. Well, it looks like it was last updated in like 1998. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're right. Wow. That recently. You're not a real tech person. I, I, that's the I, sense know, I get I from you. I did it myself and, you know, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, please lost. look at my website. Please help mother. And that's the <laughs> other thing. You refer to yourself on stage... And in life as mother. Yes. Where did that come from? Well, I'm so much older than everybody else. So, and I probably am your mother. Because God knows. I don't think you're you're that much older than me. Oh, I'm I'm 20 years older than you. You're 68? You look great. Oh, I'm 62. See, you're not that old. Well, I, but. uh, And when I first met you. Yeah. You were like in your late 40s. I was I was uh, in my early hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> you were already mother. I was uh, yeah. But I feel very maternal to all you kids. Well, we appreciate that. You're adorable. That. You do you, ha- you don't have kids of your own. Not that I know of. <laughs> but you never Something you know, may have you, slipped I out while you, you were asleep. Are, so you definitely did. Yeah. How did you get started in stand up? What was your first uh what was the first time you performed? How did that what happened? Well, you know, I went to the uh, I, I do know Tim Davis from uh, Stand Up New York. He was a manager at Stand Up New York. I don't. I'm so out of the club. Scene. Well, that was a long time ago, and uh, he he's a very nice guy, and he was running a club uh, called the Eagle. I wasn't a club, but it was a bar with a stage. Uh, it was called the Eagle Tavern on Ninth Avenue and Fourteenth Street. I think it became Comics. The place oh yeah, comics. beautiful. Yeah, and um, I loved that club. I know it was beautiful. What happened to it? it, it they, I really, they ran out of money. Oh yeah, they put a lot of money into that mm-hmm. place. It was really nice. And and he, there was a comedy there on Wednesday nights, and I went and did it. And mm-hmm. you, what made you? Uh, well, we and, all bombed. And have bombed ever since. Not oh. true. Not oh, true. Yeah. What made what? You guys are so nice. How You're old, so cute. Look how beautiful you are. Well, gorgeous no. engineer. Chris is a uh, Chris has been captured on video many times. Oh he's, yes, he's Chris the real Harder and looker I, in the group. Oh, you know, well, you're you're all gorgeous. And uh, Chris, Hart, I've looked at your. Uh, have you? I've looked at you've you. You've gone as to much. my website. <laughs> I have. I looked at all your pictures. You've seen his dirty bits. Oh yeah. We're friends on Facebook now officially. I've, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Shecky, how old were you when you first did that? 
set? I was thirty. It was it was uh, nineteen eighty seven, and uh, it was uh, Halloween. Now that was the height of the comedy boom. It was, yeah. It had just started kicking off. Yeah. And was it an exciting time to be doing stand up in New York? I think it must have been amazing. It was. It was. You know, uh, I was thirty, so there at that time twenty uh, year olds like David Tell and, and Sarah Silverman and Jim Gaffigan were just starting. So uh, they, I would see them. For Frequently, and they and and again, I felt very maternal. I was like ten years older than them, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. I, I said, "Call me mother," and they were adorable and great. And um, it was very exciting, and it, it was interesting because there was a lot of you know, well, female comics, male comics, gay comics. You know, everything was being categorized, sure. but you had, uh, I think, things were changing at that time. Right. I think. Uh, and and they continue to. Mm-hmm. Now your style of stand up is very hard to categorize. We heard just a little bit of it. Um, I've done many shows with you, and it's almost more like improv to me than stand up. Would oh. you say that's accurate? Well, that's a great honor. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I like. Think how do so. you describe your comedy to other people when they say, "Oh, what, what do you do? What what kind of comedy?" I say, do you? "Well, it's not funny." <laughs> And you it won't laugh. Funny. There's a lot of crying. I've never seen an audience not laugh well, when you're you know, up there. Well, you know, they're you know, it's like they feel sorry. It's mercy laughing. No. Like, yeah. Oh God. Maybe there's. Really, yeah, because I've really done well. You know, I'm trying a new. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying a new character. I was wondering if I could try Please. it out. And, um. Yeah. Her name is uh, Marilyn Puckowitz. I'm the baby talk comedian. <laughs> Oh my god! I know those comedians. So many girls like that. Yeah. Hey, everybody. How gross are men? Men are so gross. I was giving the BF a BJ behind a dumpster, and he said, "Look out, diarrhea." That was my nickname. I still got hit by a car. (laughs) Cause I'm Marilyn Puckowitz. Comedian. <laughs> that's very Shecky B. Yes. <laughs> that's that's very do, indicative of do, what you do. So it's sort of Gonzo improv. Uh, you kind of you sort of make it up as you go along. It feels like to me. I mean, that's uh, the know, definition of improv. Yeah, yeah. You know, I it's I think that's true. I think you know. Well, let me try this out and we'll see what happens. And there's a lot male. of vulgarity. Go ahead. Chris. Oh, sorry, guys. Do you, do you do male characters too? Do you do? Yeah. Stuff? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, what about it, fucker? No, I love Come on. It. Well, that's... I want to meet you in the fucking men's room after the show. Exactly how I And I want to give it to you. <laughs> Real nice. Now that's how... There's like a little glint in your eyes. You're looking at me right <laughs> yeah. now, Sherry, right? Hey, are you an otter? Are you an otter? Because you otter get in my pants. Get it? <laughs> now that sounds to me like your Mrs. Mund voice. It's a Mrs. Mund. That's now, the only uh, man, if male sort of voice. If you're a Howard Stern fan, and I'm a lifelong Howard Stern fan, mm-hmm. you know that Howard's limo driver slash head of security is this guy, Ronnie Mund, who's just this obnoxious, loudmouth, vulgar, constantly swearing and saying cunt and cunt! and telling sex, oh telling He's stories wonderful. about his crazy sex life. And so, he's a sweet man. He uh-huh. really is. He's adorable. Tender so for the heart. last few years, Shecky's been on the show as Mrs. Mund. Oh, my yeah. God. And we heard a little bit of it. Can you give us a little more Mrs. Mund? Tell, yeah. us, tell us about when, when Ronnie was growing up, what yeah. he liked to do. Well, 
he was such a good boy, I would be doing the laundry, and he would be folding my stinky underwear and uh, putting it on his head and uh, saving squirrels. And did you teach him how to masturbate? Uh, He taught me. (laughs) Yeah, he taught mom how to masturbate, (laughs) and I always wear a schlong, a giant dill, and uh, we share, you know, he likes butt play, as they say. You and know. you would strap it on and fuck your son with the dildo. Yeah, you know, when he was older, like 15. Come on, I'm not a, <laughs> an animal over here. You know, yeah, he likes that shit. His father liked it, too, and that's where it runs in the Munn family. It's so crazy watching you do it, because I've heard you do it so many times on the air. It's my favorite thing on the Stern Show. Yeah, and, it's and it's, But it's, to me, I'm actually picturing... <laughs> Mrs. Mund, like this old lady who looks like Ronnie, seeing you do it in in front of me is so, it's like surreal. Yeah, it's so much fun to do. I, you know, you're you're in the studio with you know Howard Stern and uh-huh. and 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 Howard Stern. He's amazing. He just sort of he just sort of looks at you. You know, he's like, uh huh, uh huh. So uh, what else? Well, do you, you like make to him do? laugh too. Well, you, you know, that's sort of you know you hope get closer so. with Mike. You know, you hope so. Yeah. How did you first get involved with the Stern Show? You know, interesting. Uh, well, to me, it, Tim Davis, the guy from the Eagle Tavern, who first put me on at the Eagle Tavern, was running Stand Up New York. Mm-hmm. And um, the Stern Show, this is 30 years ago, calls Stand Up New York and says, hey, we need a female comic that will do anything. And he said, <laughs> Shecky, and uh, sent me there and I auditioned for, remember they used to do contests? Yes. So this was, who really had sex with a dog? <laughs> and uh, so they had um, two, they had an authentic, somebody who really did, yeah. it, and oh. two actors, and I was one of the actors, and they just went, so the audition was, so tell us about how you had sure, sex with a sure, dog, sure. and a friend of mine had sex with a dog, and I just told her story, so it was very, wow. came out very naturally, because she really did. Was this for a porn shoot, or what was it? What was the context of the, her? That's a good. She was. Uh, it was uh, spring break. Oh you know, anything God. can happen on spring break. And she, as she puts it, you know, she was in college. She said, "And I had the flu. And you know, when I have the flu, I get horny, right or wrong. I just do. Ew. Yeah. And I. Wow. And Poor I, dog. And I know, but the dog. You know, the dog seemed to love it, and she did too. And everybody was happy. Now, are you a regular? a writer on the Stern staff now? Are you there every day? Oh, n- no. No, they're so wonderful. When I go in, they have me in as a guest writer, which is That's lovely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I wish it was more. Because it seems like you pop up a lot. Like, whenever they're talking to Ronnie, it's like, oh, we got Mrs. Mund on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you sometimes not in the studio? Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I am on the phone. But That's uh, so great. Uh, He's my idol. I, if, if they ever need any anyone gay for anything, like a big penis contest, small penis contest, whatever, oh. like, I'm there. I've told Gary this. Yeah. It's and my dream in life. Oh, you know, I don't, I, they're going to take you up on that. Shecky, in the time remaining, it's, and you're going to be the best at this, it's time to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. <laughs> Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Yeah. What's the strangest <laughs> thing you've ever had in your vagina? Oh, ah, hang on. In my vagina. Mm-hmm. Not coming out of my mm-hmm, vagina. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with... I'm with a funnel i know that's not that strange what went through the funnel um distilled vinegar wow that's a nice douche you were trying to clean your your dirty smelly twat i'm trying to clean it out it's you know just just out of courtesy common courtesy Mm -hmm. and if your listeners smell something 
It's through the radio. It's they can, through the radio. Yeah, just through their computer. It. It's me, not I you. can't smell it. Oh, God. And I have a really sensitive nose. I'm always telling Ryan that he stinks. Oh. But you... Uh, well, you... I just did the distilled vinegar. Good. It's I working. Because I knew I was coming here and, and I wanted to be, you know... And then after yeah. the vinegar comes out, you can use it in salad dressing. And I do. Oh, it's like a shake and go. And it's like a little, you know, it's a little clamato, a little vinegary. Delicious. It is. Wow. F. Mary can... Kill. I have an F. Mary Kill for you. Donald Trump, Bill Cosby... Louis C.K. Wow. Who, who would I want to be killed? Marry. You can marry one, fuck one, and kill one. Oh, God. Okay, I would marry, um, I would marry Louis C.K. Okay. I would fuck Donald Trump. Ew. Wow. And I, you know, but I love Bill Cosby. I don't want to kill him. Can I fuck them both? Sure. I'd fuck all This is the of first them. time that uh, someone wanted to fuck two of those horrible, because we give horrible choices. No. See, I think that's interesting because, see, I love Louis C.K. and I. You're love, okay with the whole jerking off in oh, front of women? Oh, yeah, but she and... jerked off in front of me. You know, <laughs> I I met the guy. You know, yeah. he never said, "Hey, you know, I met, I was on shows with him." Mm-hmm. I guess I wasn't his type because that would have been because he fantastic. never pulled it out. He was in like, front of you. Yeah. "Can I jack off in front of you while you do Mrs. Dunn?" <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Mund. Mrs. Mund. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, Louis C.K., you motherfucker. <laughs> but I knew, I knew plenty of women that, that were he was jerking off. And I was like, God, you know, I should. And I really what's wrong should. with me? What's wrong with me? I would have loved it. What? Did, you ever, did you ever get to see Robert Plant's penis close up? Ah. <gasps> uh, uh, I saw his, you know, when he used to sing in those little tight... Um, Jeans, those and light the, blue jeans, and you could see the mushroom outline. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> this is something Shecky always talks about on stage. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think I did see it. I, you know, I used to imitate Shecky whenever we would do a show together. I would get up and do her <laughs> act. I'd be like, in 1972, I saw Robert Plant because you're always talking about Robert Plant's mushroom penis. <laughs> What's your favorite brand of vibrator? Oh, I have one that is, I'm in love with it. And I don't know what it's called, but it's pink and it's, oh, it's, it's a rabbit. I think oh, the rabbit. rabbit. I like it. It's very good. Mm-hmm. But, and will you, be, will you continue to use this after you get married? When's the wedding, by the way? When can you make it? <laughs> <laughs> can you guys come? Is this a guy you've been Absolutely. with for a long time? 37 years, Ken Foreman. That Why are you just getting married now? We're the Benjamin Button of couples. We do everything backward. We're just uh, start, you know, ah. just starting to uh, date, and then, um, then I'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's okay with the vibrator, with the rabbit. Oh, I rub it all over his balls. And he likes that. Here's another Marilyn he Puckowitz. He, lo- um, he better be, because uh, right. his ass is like a filing cabinet. Everything's up there. It's, oh. We live in a small apartment, and it's storage. Uh-huh. You have to hide uh-huh. things. Yeah. Uh, but we, I'm we don't... a gay man, and I don't think I'm obviously gay unless I throw a ball in public, because I'm Marilyn Puckowitz. That's Scott Ryan's joke. That's your joke. As well, no. I, if you've heard me do it, I stole it from Scott Ryan. Well, can I tell you what I've stolen from you? Please. Your charm. Oh, your that's humor, lovely. Um, your eyebrows. Shecky, will you be returning after this interview to the Tempora Women's Shelter? Well, yeah, I'm staying at the Tempora Women's Shelter for it's for lightly battered women. Come on, because, it's my favorite Shecky Beagleman joke. Slightly uh, beaten. Isn't that the funniest joke ever? <laughs> and then when she tells it on stage, she goes, "Come on, come and, on, everybody!" And, <laughs> 
Come and share a cot with me and head a Nussbaum. Go kick me in the cunt. Kick me right in the cunt. Kick me in the curtains. This is her act. Shecky, where can people see you? Um, I'll be on a couch at 248 <laughs> Mod Street, apartment 10. That's, all That's your actual address, street. isn't it? Yeah, you just 248 your... Mod Street, apartment 10. Do you have any gigs coming up? Uh, 248 Mott Street. <laughs> Other than I mean, that. Uh, if you could get any, know anybody? Do you know anybody? No, I'm serious. If someone wants, if someone's in New York, or do you have any out-of-town gigs, how can people see your, your, your bonkers stand-up? Yeah, I'll let them know. I'll let them know. Just one by one. Yeah, yeah. Personally know. contact every listener. I'm going to call you and uh, let you know. But you do have a website, AngelaMUTO.com, correct? It's correct. Chucky, I love you. We need more time with you I next time. I love you so because much. You're my son. Today was a big Chris show. Harder. He's your grandson. Oh. I'll do anything you want, Chucky. Oh, and the beautiful engineer. What JB. JB. JB, yummy. You like that? I do. You like the dark meat? I love a beautiful chocolate man. Queen. Shecky Beagleman, I love you. Thank you so much for coming in. You, you will be back. Uh, as long as we'll be back, you'll be back. Chris and I will be back next week with yeah. J.L. Covan, one of the world's best Trump impersonators <gasps> and a very funny comedian. Uh, JB, thank you for your work today. Great show. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Follow Chris Harder at Harder Burlesque. That's right. Follow JB at Stocking, as in women's stocking anarchy 12 right stocking anarchy 12 email me at adam at adamsank.com have a great week bitches play the music jb for god's sake uh and once again rest in peace charles from cornhole we love you we always love you oh yeah